Welcome to the Super Facts Show on the Super Facts Network. Featuring St. Laz, who also hosts the popular web series Gem Pop and music journalist Mark Walter Ward. They have discussions about hip-hop, culture, society, philosophy, and everything else. Now available on YouTube and wherever else you get your podcasts. What up, world? It's your boy, Mark Walter Ward, Super Facts Show, Super Facts Network. We joined tonight by Bo Young Prince, aka BYP. How you doing today, brother? Hey, I'm feeling fine, my guy. Thank you for having me. Shit, I, man. After I read your bio, I double had had to have you. You from our Benton Road, huh? Down the South Side, yes, sir. DC. Yeah, I'm, I'm from right behind Eastover. I spent much time on Benton Road in the night. Hey, you from over Eastover? Yeah, Forest Heights. That's wild. That's love. That's love. Yeah, Ben and Road, Ben and Road was live. I used to be out there in like nine seven, nine eight. You, you was out there when it was really, really, really wild. Yeah, like like that. That's a different Ben and Road we talking about. That's so refreshing to talk to somebody to know about the area. You know what I'm saying in the region. <laughs> yes, let's go. Shit. Well, you know, one of the things I was gonna ask you is what's your favorite go-go band? Oh, I would have to say I came up with T.O.B. But if I'm being honest about what I, I grew up on, everything from Chuck, Rare Essence, you know what I'm saying, like the classics, but you know, I'm a little younger, so like I definitely rock with T.O.B. the hardest. No, like, no Backyard? Oh no, I fuck with Backyard, for sure. You know, Shit. BG the legend, BG the legend. You know about um the Glass Man of Firehouse? They used to have go-go's in that shit. Yes, right? yes I do. The Glass Man of Firehouse is popping. I was down at the CFB, you know what I'm saying? It, I, I did my rounds, like that was more like before rap was a thing in, in D.C., everybody was in go-go band. So, like, my introduction to yeah. kind of performing and stuff, we all was in everybody, Joe and Joe and so-and-so had a band, AAB, CCB, you know what I'm saying? It was just, yeah, yeah you know, it's just like a bunch. That's what you did growing up. And so I kind of, interestingly enough, I always talk about the transition I saw kind of around, like, 07, 08, 09, and whereas we transitioned from, like, go-go, and then we had, like, Wale and Tabby, and like people like that kind of start breaking down different barriers for us. So like that's kind of I mean, I don't I know how political game. you gotta be, bro, but you know, like I, I left DC and, and moved to Houston in, in like about 2014 or some shit. And I lived in the DC area since 1978. And I ain't not once never heard anybody listening to Wale. Man, I think that it's kind of one of those things where like if you into it, you into it, and if you not, you not. Me personally. He was one of the rappers that kind of showed me that we can even have, like, you know, a, a big rapper come out the city. When I was in high school seeing him do Lady Gaga collabs and just really taking it there from where I hadn't seen it, that's that's the credit that I would say in the stamp that he definitely deserves, you know. Um, so I can't really speak for everybody else, but I definitely always, when it comes to Wale, you know, I definitely think he's one of the greats from our city, like, for sure, like, you know. Oh, nah, I mean, I give credit where credit is due. He, he, he's definitely a great. He's made some incredible, incredible songs. You know, so, but, you know, you, you signed a Def Jam, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, sir. So what, what, what's the process from getting the Benton Road to Def Jam? Because, you know, speaking of putting DC, while they wasn't on Def Jam, was he? Um, I think he might have had a stunt. If I'm if I'm correct, I think he might have passed through. I'm not sure. I got I got double back on Cause that. Because you you might be the first DC 
Or, or oh, I don't know. Wasn't doing the butt. I think doing the butt was on Def Jam. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. And actually, um, what what that what year was that? That was '88 like or some shit. That was because it's about thirty. It was thirty five years ago, like a two years ago was the anniversary of them dropping the butt by EU. And yes, that's the first. That's major. Like that's when I signed. I tried to make that parallel because it was all going for a circle. I'm like, yo, you go from seeing that in school days. And now we got somebody, you know what I'm saying, born and raised from the South Side. Like, it's another one of those kind of, like, moments that went full circle, especially um, bringing a major label deal like that to the city. Um, we have artists that are signed, but, like, you know, Def Jam, that, that's a, a big honor. Like, it, it automatically, to me, put me in a, a caliber of artists where, you know, you're going you're gonna to respect it a little bit more just because of the brand and what they represent. Yeah. You know, them turntables hold weight. Yeah, no doubt. So, 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 what was the process though? How'd you get there? How'd you get to their attention? Man, you know, who, um, who signed you? Anybody who makes those decisions is a name, so right. that's a story in and of itself, right? Yo, so first and foremost, gotta shout out my brother Mike Chavez that brought me in through through the Def Jam gates as an A and R. You know, I was in DC doing every show. You know, I built up a real good buzz in the underground. I was throwing my own concerts selling them out. I was going to different states, LA doing shows, you know, neighboring cities like Philly, you know, New York, things like that, and really getting my rec up. And about 2017, you know, I was going to LA pretty much every other month recording with my brother TK, um, TK Kayembe. And, you know, in LA, how the infrastructure works, he was already having meetings with like A&Rs and they were just like, yo, play us all the stuff with artists you're working with. And I, he played like Mike, one of my songs, one of them, and that was the last song he even played of the day. And Chavez and him, they hit me up immediately. It was like a call led to an email. And then Chavez came to the city. You know what I'm saying? We chilling up in Northeast in my boy basement. I'm playing him over 100 records. And I mean, dude, a month and a half after that, I, I'm on a dotted line. The terms were correct. We had worked everything out. And, and it really happened that way. And obviously, we're skipping the steps of me not turning down every show. You know, I did, I did 100 shows before that. I had millions of streams before the deal. You know, I was putting the real work in. I'm putting my posters up around the city. I'm really doing the street team. And it's like just building it up to a point where people see it as a viable thing to buy into. So what was the feeling like, you know, knowing that at least for the the immediate future, you're, you're so financially secure that you can concentrate solely on making music. Like that must have been a tremendous burden. It's, it's, it's different. It's different because you know, as an as an artist, you kind of work so that you can be free of certain restraints. And I think financially, that's one of the biggest things that will hold an artist back is you just you know not having the funds to just sit back and which leads to not having the time content. as well. Exactly, because you're going to probably be doing other things to make that money. And you know, that's what I was doing. I was working a desk job for the government. You know what I'm saying? I was making some decent money, but I was always reinvesting that into merch reinvesting that into the studio. And so, you know, bringing it up to the point of Def Jam, it's just like, you don't stop once you sign. That's just the beginning. It's like the work right. is just the beginning and it's just cut out. That's the misconception. It's like, everybody's like, oh, you know, the deal comes and you out of there. No, the deal comes and it just proves that you have the potential. You, you, you know, gotta earn to, releases. To you, you gotta That's earn a, spots on like Spider-Man soundtracks. Boy, like I'm, I'm telling you, you gotta fight tooth and nail. And thank you for bringing that up because those are the opportunities that I did to kind of make myself different in the building and in this industry. Um, I go after the sync placements. I've had um, a song in Spider-Man, Madden, The Sims, Coming to America, Yes Day, The Hate You Give, Basketball Wives, you know what I'm saying? All well, well, let, 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 let's talk about the Spider-Man song real quick. Cause I mean, it's, it's prominent. My daughter, before, before 
I even heard of you to do this interview. We all knew that song, you know. My my my, it, my seven year old daughter knew a song. I was just playing like she been one of the most impressed because you know usually I be interviewing like rap legends from the '90s and shit. And she don't know who no Yuck Mouth is and all that. And, shout and, and, out Yuck Mouth. Oh yeah, straight up. Yeah, definitely. Shout out Yuck Mouth. But uh, like ten minutes before you came on, I was like, look, I'm about to interview this dude. Remember this song from the Spider Man movie? And she's all like, ah. No, bro, it's a beautiful feeling. I've never connected with more kids around the world been at the point in which I dropped Let Go. Um, for one, I felt as though the song was emotional and touched a chord where I lost my uncle. And you know, in the Spider-Man film, he loses his uncle and the kids immediately found that parallel. And I mean, I get DMs every day, paragraphs from like high schoolers and younger kids. I do birthday greetings because of that. You know, they want to just talk to the guy that made the song. And I'm grateful because these kids have ran those streams up. We, are ha we have over 270 million streams and I just went double platinum off of that. Like, literally, I got the plaque coming. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm grateful for those kids. Thank you. And I'm grateful for the people who send those messages. Like, they're fighting with depression. They're struggling with suicide. This song has gotten people through so many different things. And then I'm really able to see the value of what my work is doing, you know, outside of what it does to validate me. I'm seeing it really help other people. And that was a feeling that is different because this was a family movie. And then I'm like, yo, it don't hurt to like clean up a record every now and then and put it in like a different type of movie and hit a different type of audience. Cause now, you know, the fans that we're bringing in and the demographic, like you mentioned, your daughter is a fan. I, I, I talked to Rico Nasty and her son is one of his favorite songs. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, that's dope when people say, oh, I ain't meet you yet, but you know what? I, you in my house, you on Madden, you on the Spider-Man joint. So or, I really love those types of placements. But but I, I had a procedural question about that though, because you know, given it's Marvel and you know your lyrics contain you know elements of the story, mm -hmm. how, how did that work? Did they give you like a broad outline? Not with Let Go. That's why it was so special. Let Go was just me writing from the heart about losing my uncle, and it just seemed to work for the soundtrack. Coming to oh, wow. America was very different. That that's more or less. I got a prompt. They told me, okay, royal stuff, kings, queens, upbeat you know, family oriented. And that kind of drafted my mindset for going into the creation of the track. So I knew I'm gonna make it clean. I knew it was going to be funky. I knew it was going to have some elements of hip hop because the original film came out in 1988. So I wanted to give a nod to the original vibe that you would find on coming to America, but also knowing that they want something for the new generation. I went funky with it. And that's why I did the decisions that I did on We Got the Moves. And so, you know, it, it's different. And then, you know, I wrote, for Space Jam and you know we haven't heard back about the final you know pick of the soundtrack but you know I wrote to a prompt and premise for that so sometimes you get a little bio and they'll tell you what you're writing to and other times you're just submitting a record and it works because the music supervisor just loves it. So out of all your placements which one do you think was used the best? I think that so far I'm gonna say Madden definitely Move to Change might be one of the best football songs ever made humbly humbly speaking like yo they used it two years in a row i don't think madden has ever done that and i feel like it was perfect in the game as soon as you started the game i'm the first song you hear in the in the load up screen and you couldn't miss it so that was dope and then second would have to be coming to america because the scene they used my song in is basically like the royal the royal clean scene and like recreated for this new generation and that's one of the tightest scenes in the movie come on like it's just dope it's like the, the sun goes over to Zamunda. He realizes he's like a prince. And it's like in one of the most interesting transitions in the movie is him realizing that he's royal. And so I liked that my song could be the soundtrack to that. 
Yeah, man, I, I can definitely dig that. Man, Wesley Snipes did his thing in that joint too. I actually thought he was fly. I thought he made it. You know, a lot of people have different opinions about it. You have to go into the movie, not criticizing it because it's not the original, first and foremost. We know that. So going into it with an open mind is key. And so I went into it in that way and I enjoyed it. You know, it's not 1988. This is for a newer generation, a younger demographic, but they still hit all axes the correct way. And, you know, if you don't really get the jokes, you're probably a little too old or, or you know, it's just not your cup of tea. But I thought it was funny. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, I wasn't expecting it to be like coming to, coming to America, too. That came out in like 1990, you feel me? Right. And that's why I saw a lot of chat on the Internet. I'm like, don't be annoying. It's like, you know, it's not 1988. It's not going to be the same movie. They did a good job of the, at least bringing back the, the main cast. Be giving some credit for that alone, because it's hard to get all of these legends these days. And, and they all look great and they all still look cool in the roles and so it was dope to see i mean just now you was talking about old people shit it'd it be young people though because them like you know coming to america don't the first one don't got the most logical plot in the world but we didn't give a fuck because the shit was funny them motherfuckers right, on, right. on social media talking about that don't make no sense that don't make no sense like it, that's not how it, it's supposed it, to it be it wasn't supposed to it was it's literally from the perspective of the creators and it's just a funny story you know, and I do that with my music. As a content creator, sometimes what I do don't have to make sense to anyone. It's for the sake of creating the art itself. And, you know, right. some art should stand alone. So why everything doesn't make sense. And some of the best art is senseless. And you have to find the sense in it yourself and create meaning. You create the parallels and connections you want to create, you know? Man, speaking of the, of the best art, you know, I, I hear the shit in the anime and manga, huh, man? Yes, I am. Very like, much like so. You, you talking about, like, Big Three? Uh, like my top three? No, nah, no, nah, you know, the, the, the big three, Bleach, Naruto, and One Piece. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, okay, I have not watched Naruto. I've watched Bleach, and I've watched One Piece. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a Naruto fan, because Naruto is like a cult thing. It's like, that was a little bit after me, and it's like, I didn't have enough time. I was focused on, like, becoming a rapper and all of that. I was not watching it like I should, like I was used to watch anime, so I miss Naruto, and all the, all the people around me started becoming Naruto fans, and I'm like, what's up with this shit? But, like, my shit was definitely, like, psychopaths. I love Attack on Titan. I love Baki. I love Berserk. You know, JoJo's Bizarre. Um, I was going to ask you about JoJo's. Like, like fucking Ninja Scroll. JoJo household right here. My, yes, my sir. Son, Ninja, my son loves JoJo. We got JoJo Ninja merch Scroll. all over the place. Yo, you got you to give me the tour off the grid. <laughs> um, Ninja Scroll is dope. Um, I loved uh, Initial D. You know, we can take it to the classics, like, you know, Yu Yu Hakusho and, and DBZ and stuff like that that I grew up on because like as a young black kid what we saw was like Boondocks and Dragon Ball Z straight up that's how Word. all my friends used to draw like the animated like Goku with Jordans and stuff on you know Word, that's yeah. that's that's what that we shit. used to yeah. do you know what I'm saying so well, what, what high school you went to bro I went to St. Albans up in Northwest that's the interesting part about my story I went to the most prestigious school in DC coming from Southeast you know I always had the brain power and the wits. And, you know, I was the only one of my friends taking that hour bus ride from Southeast to Northwest. I went to school up there on Wisconsin Avenue. You know what I'm saying? Complete different shock culturally. But that made me who I am today. Damn, bro. What time um, was you getting up in the morning? Six o'clock or 530, depending on which bus I wanted to connect with. And if I had, like, sometimes in sports and prep school, you got early morning drills where the coach might have y'all pull up, you know what I'm saying, before school even opens. So depending on stuff like that, then bombs would whip me uptown. You know, but, you know, my mother, she had a lot of other things to focus on and other children, too. So, and I'm, a, I'm the only boy. So, you know, I can handle myself. 
Damn, that, that's some Isaiah Thomas shit, man. That, 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 that's oh, what's yeah. up, man. A lot of people I start mean, the, things the like grind. that don't finish it, you know? Nah, man, the grind is definitely within me. And I mean, all of that is the stuff I took to them board meetings in Def Jam. Like, you know, I got my college degrees. I got two degrees, went off to school, came back to D.C. and then really full-fledged on the rap. Because I could have signed back in like 2010, 2011, when I first went to college, I got hit up by Atlantic Records. And, you know, they was talking that talk really well. But, you know, I wanted to finish and get my degree. My mother really was pressing me to get my degree. And I wanted that for myself, too. And I just felt like, yo, everything went full circle. I still have a situation. So it's like, you know, everything worked out. Hey, forgive me if you already said it, but what'd you get a degree in? Political science with a minor in justice and policy studies. I wanted to focus on the school to prison pipeline and how to impact juvenile like um, what's labeled as juvenile delinquents before they really turn into like career criminals. You know what I'm saying? Because if you're gonna make any real change, it starts with the kids. So I basically wanted to be the guy that when you first get in trouble, you come meet somebody like me. I'm young, I look like you, I could talk to you and I can get through to you. That was my whole angle if I were to go that route. You feel me? Um, same thing I'm doing through the music, but music allows me to be even more approachable, you know? So I'm still doing that mission, but you know, it's through music. It, it, it's, it's something that's going to take investment. There needs to be mediation alternatives, free time, you know, and, and initiatives to provide positive things for kids to do in the free time. Absolutely. Quality of education, you know, get them engaged in school instead of some like road ass bullshit to yep. pass some standardized test. And these are all the things that, you know, I was studying and, and researching and looking at the projects that succeeded in different cities like Greensboro and, and certain cities where it worked and it didn't work. And, you know, that's where I, I figured, like, we don't need more people just on the street. Like, I never wanted to be no cop or nothing like that. You feel me? It's like I wanted to, like, impact the kids. It's like you got a chance to get through the kids early on, but you have to catch it. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, but, bro, they, they suspend them for skipping school. Like, shit don't make no sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. And, you know, a lot of these public schools are run just like prisons. And I feel like it's almost a mirrored system in a sense. That's why we talk about that school to prison pipeline. It's almost like you go to this school, it looks like a prison. You walk through metal detectors, it feels like a prison. The way that they organize it, you walking through in line formation, it's like prison. And then it's kind of mentally, subconsciously conditioning you to be cool with that. And it's, it's basically a fast Sign, track. Lunchtime, to, control of movement. Yeah. It's a fast track to being institutionalized, which is what we do over here. It's like we create a bunch of structures and institutions and people kind of like you, you decide which way you're going to be institutionalized, which is why I love this music stuff, because, I mean, it's allowed me to break free of those chains. Like, you know, like like I, one thing I can say about being a musician is like, you know, I eat off this solely now. And so I make my decisions on my own. You know, I deal with who I want to deal with. You know, I own my LLC and I am the president and CEO. You know, and any deal that I do is a joint venture in reality because, you know, I already have my business in order. And so that's what I was always in search of, that type of ownership. And so I think, you know, in hindsight, all those lessons just go into how I'm, I'm doing my business now. Well, what, what, what was your thesis in? Um, well, my thesis, I studied the school to prison pipeline. So I, I looked at specifically the causes of it. And I kind of tried to come up with what I would want to work on as solutions to that and a lot of that is some of the things that you mentioned like um it's not just about the school it's about the home and it's about the the pre-existing conditions of the neighborhood it's a lot of different things we have to attack but also it's some of those structures like what's in the neighborhood like quality of the education you know the quality of like the teachers a rec center being available things as simple as that and alternatives for these kids to just not be lights on being the block. at the motherfucking metro stops on bennett road straight up 
And, and then nowadays, like, you know, a kid just got um, murdered inside of like Anacostia Station on camera like a month ago. And you know what I'm saying? It's just straight up on camera. So it's like, you know, when you got a, a scenario in an environment where, you know, it's heating up and, you know, the kids are influenced by all these things that we see every day, the rap and all of that for sure plays a large role because now, you know, DC has a DC drill scene, which is like a term that I don't really accept because it's just, you know, I just call that shit DC trap music, but it's like now it's underneath that drill umbrella, which now it got the youngins acting crazy because they're making it on them YouTube pages that's talking about all the hoods in every state and DC finally on there. So now these kids really taking the mantle up to like really beat them wilding out like the rappers we see in other cities and stuff. And that's never been DC's MO. So, you know, I feel like all of that and what we're talking about is what influences and like impacts these kids. So, you know, if there's one thing I can do, it's like I'm not a perfect person, but I, I will be a role model because it comes with the territory. And it comes with the responsibility. It's like, let's take it back to Spider-Man. He told him with great power comes great responsibility. Okay. So, you know, you got to really think of it that way. You know, I'm a big fan of like those superhero stories. And, you know, even with Batman, it's like, you know, this chip on his shoulder. Like, you know, all these characters represent these moral struggles and dilemmas. And that's why I like the anime, because the lead characters always got this type of, you know, they're good, but they're anti-heroes sometimes. You know, sometimes you know they're doing these decisions but it's for the greater good like you could look at thanos and you could hate thanos or you could look at what he really was trying to do which is like the a utilitarian almost approach it's like if you can do the least amount of harm and cause the greatest amount of good for the greatest amount of people then you do that that's Kill actually was that's, right yo it's actually an ethical train of thought if you study like ethics as a course there's different trains and schools of ethics and some people believe yo, I might have to go drop this bomb on a few people to save millions. Some people might believe, oh, like a Thanos scenario, I'm going to snap my finger and take away half of the population because it's going to, in the long run, it's a sacrifice, a small price to pay, so to speak. But it's like, you know, that's a matter of perspective. Word. So, <laughs> like, but, you know, also with great contracts come great responsibility. So what's your next music move? Yo, my next music move, man, I'm sitting on great records. Like, I got a record with Hit Boy that I'm really excited about. Oh, got a record with Beat, okay. with, yeah, with Beat Billionaire that I'm excited about. I mean, the next project is done. It's wrapped up. It's been done. I'm just making new music pretty much every week to stay, you know, proactive and productive. But, yo, new music videos. Um, I just booked my first outdoor show um, in D.C. in July. So, you know, we're gearing up to get back out there and start touring again, hopefully, um, if things keep clearing up and you know they do whatever they do with the vaccinations and such so you know we we getting back on the on the horse i'm tired of doing these digital shows from home and and setting them up from these random locations i want to get back out there and feel the people like groovy gang we about to load it back up and so in the meantime you know i'm just living with the music that's out there like groovy land is out there on all platforms i got the singles with um shy grizzy flip the narrow young nudie still out here heating up you know, um, as well as the coming to America placement that we still riding the thunder off. So like, I'm just heating up and I'm working on more movies, working on more games, um, really just working. I, I believe in this game, you have to keep your feet chopping. And so that's directly <laughs> like the next thing was called chop. You know, it's all natural. It's all organic. That's what I'm saying. Like everything is 100% organic. So you can just expect the music, man. So it's coming. Shit, that's what's up. So before we leave, um, tell them, you know, 
all, all your handles, where to find the music at. I don't want to butcher it, so spell that name out. Yes, sir. So um, you can find me on all socials at Bo Young Prince. That's B-E-A-U, Young Prince. B-E-A-U, Young Prince. Um, you can go to BoYoungPrince.com. Um, you can Google me. I will pop up music on all platforms, wherever you can search music, Shazam, whatever. Um, and we got the moves out now. All my DJs out there, people listening. Throw up a clip of you cutting up till we got the moves and I'm throwing them up on the ground. You know, we got the challenge and everything going on. So, you know, it's BYP. Keep it groovy, baby. Man, that's what's up, bro. Congratulations on all your success. Thanks for your time. And I'd, like to, I'd you. love to talk to you again down the road. Yo, I'll be hitting you up with the new stuff. Thank you, bro. Oh, no doubt. Anytime, man. You take it light. All right. You have a good night. You too, man. Peace. The Super Fast Network, home of Jeff Huff, SCE, and the Super Fast Show, now available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts from. Come check out St. Labs, G from the Shop, and Mark Walter Ward.